Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Fanny Darling. And I'm Justin Hartung. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we'll do our best to let you know they're coming. This episode, we're counting down a few of our favorite things from this year. Mostly just to prove to ourselves that 2020 wasn't a complete fucking disaster. Okay, as always, we would like to make a plea to rate and review us on Apple Podcast App, Podchaser, Podbean, Stitcher, CastBox, or, Box, or wherever you can find your podcasts. Hey, you know what? You can also listen to us on Pandora, but Justin says you can't rate us there. You want to start? You can, listen. you can listen. Do you want to just go right into it, Justin, or do you want to talk about how your week is? Um, we could do a little, uh, why don't we do a little just like, okay, we all know 2020 sucked. Um, right. Before we get into our top 10 favorite bits of pop culture that kept us sane, I, I thought you, before we recorded, before we started recording, you had an interesting insight into our list. Um, and maybe, maybe, should we talk about that up front or should we talk about it after? Either way. I mean, I'm fine to um, say that I, I, found that most of the things on my list ended up being little things, like yeah. smaller projects, things that you wouldn't yeah. necessarily, they're like, they weren't blockbusters, they weren't, we went to the movies and everybody talked about this type of thing. And, and I think that's partly, obviously, because that wasn't a thing that people did. And right. I think it's a good caveat before we even dig into this of, you know, there's so much stuff that we haven't seen this year, um, either because, right. you know, it was in theaters and, um, you know, for the 10 people that were allowed to go to theaters and we didn't see it and it's brand new on rental and it still costs $20 um, and we're not no, that rich. I was just going to uh, say, I'm not spending $20 to see Kajillionaire. I'm just not doing it, again, even though I want to see Kajillionaire real bad. <laughs> Again, rate and review us. <laughs> um, get us, get us that money. However, uh, <laughs> we are, and then maybe we'll have a budget to go rent these kind of things in the next pandemic year. Um, but yeah, we uh, this list is a very you mean next year bizarre, yeah, transitional list of things. It is a weird list for a weird year, I guess is how we'll say it. And there are tons of things that I also didn't catch up with that are available on streaming services that we have. Um, there's just been so much kind of like home streaming this year that it's been overwhelming. And I found myself turning to kind of comfort things and uh, just weird, small things. Yeah. So yeah, I rewatched a lot Otherwise, of stuff. We made it through this year. Thank you, listeners, for doing it with us. We had a really great year as far as listenership, um, so we appreciate that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like in this shitty year, doing this podcast consistently was, for me, at least like a really nice, consistent thing. And just uh, I look forward to another year of this. I was listening to um, – I was going back through our notes, and I was seeing funny things that we wrote in the show notes from, like, March about, like, we're getting through this by talking about – and I was like, oh, right. you bless your heart, you child of the pandemic. Um, yeah. Sweet – oh, my sweet summer child. <laughs> oh, my God. We were the – that's the sweet spring child, definitely. Um, all yeah. right. So yep. should we get into the list? Sure, let's do it. You, you want to go, go first? first? You go first. Okay. Okay. Uh, We're starting from 10. Shortly after. Down. Right. Uh, my 10th is something that was uh, given and then taken away. Given and then given and then taken away. Uh, <laughs> Netflix renewed and then yoinked back. I am not okay with that, which was the. Uh, Comic adaptation starring uh, Sophia Lillis and I cannot remember that kid's name who was also in uh, it with her uh, about a girl who can control things with her mind. Very Carrie-like story. Um, I had also read the comic and found them both to be fascinating and interesting and the adaptation to be very cool and was excited to see more of this, and then they yanked it away from me. But I do still think that it 
is worth watching. And it's funny because I believe End of the Fucking World was on my list last year. And I am not okay with that as the same author comic-wise. And nice in a way, I, I kind of feel like there's a little bit of a blessing in disguise there. Like, I think it was a nice, it was a complete feeling season. So I like If that. I wasn't going to get I'm the... I'm sad that other people couldn't get more of it. Right. If I wasn't going to get season two, then I wish they'd ended it the same way they ended the comics. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Interesting. I'll read the comic. I'll go read the comic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your number 10? Right. Um, good choice. I like that as well, by the way. I just wanted to echo that. Um, there's so much good stuff this year that didn't make my list, but I feel like it could have. I really found a lot right. of stuff that I enjoyed this year. Um, my number 10, I'm going to start with a sort of oldie but goodie that I've talked about tons of times. Um, Prince Sign of the Times, Super Deluxe Edition. Uh, this was you know, already a great album. They remastered it. Um, it sounds amazing. There was a live album that had just incredible uh, performances. It's sort of, you get a sense of why Prince is so exciting live. But the best thing is there are three CDs of unreleased material that are just completely top-notch. I'm not a huge believer in kind of, you know, <laughs> mining the dregs of artists and forcing us to listen to, you know, weird, like, singing into your iPhone things. Um, but this is incredible stuff. If this is the stuff that he did not put on his album, then you're just like, yeah, that's Prince. Um, it's just, uh, in a year that I felt like nothing made me kind of just purely joyful, um, this album did and all these new songs did it kept me moving in a weird way like i can't i mean i wish i could do a video how much dumb chair dancing i did while you know working and listening to that this this album um it it gave me so much joy this was my personal dance party of the year i also kind of a co uh recommendation the official podcast uh which was it's the prince official podcast they did like an eight-part series or something like that um kind of talking through it all with great interviews uh Susanna Melvin and uh, Wendy and Lisa and just tons of great people in that circle um this was a great year to be a prince fan so that's my number 10 what you got next nice um uh, next, I have something that was tiny. There we go. My document went away because I went back over to our main doc. Sorry. <laughs> um, I have. I ended up with a lot of nonfiction, strangely, on this uh, list. Uh, I don't know why, but I did. Uh, and I ended up here with Circus of Books, which was the nice. Netflix documentary about the old the old Jewish couple who owned the gay porn bookstore and ended up making their logical family with all of their, their employees. And I found this to be charming and odd and quirky. And I really, and it kind of stuck with me. I find myself recommending it more than I thought I would have and thinking about it more than I would have expected. We just re recommended it to our buddy Frank at the shed, exactly. uh, a, a backyard, uh, socially distance bar, because we were both very excited about it again. I mean, that's such a good choice. I again, that could have made my list in a heartbeat. Um, my number nine is Central Park on Apple TV, um, and I wrote in my notes in a year with no real musicals. Dot dot dot. Um, this is a joy. The show is just pure happiness. I am so happy for you that you got into the Central Park vibe. I hope I didn't spoil this on the list, if it's going to be on your list. But um, I don't know. We don't know each other's yeah, list. Yeah, it's so high up on mine. Oh, good. All right. So I won't say too much because I really want to hear you talk about it since I went off so much about it. Um, but, okay. I mean, just the best soundtrack of the year to me for like a musical. Um, just so much joy, so much heart. Um, I love it. What you got next? Uh, okay, so eight. This was an AMC thing that like started with some buzz and then like went nowhere. And I, I still don't understand because I thought it was really interesting. It was kind of heisty. It was processy. It was so, and it was sort of a period piece because I think it's set in the 80s. Uh, it was Quiz on AMC, which was about the British who wants to be a millionaire uh, cheating scandal. It was short. It was, I think, three episodes. Michael McFadden was great. Everybody in it was super interesting. Uh, 
what's his bucket sheen you barely recognized him and i thought it was so good and each time i i can't i look at it and i think god that was good how come nobody remembers that <laughs> Anyway, check it out. It's I worth didn't watching. I even see it, and now you're reminding me I need to see it. Yeah, yep. it sounds like a perfect thing to watch right now in that kind of end of the year. Just got some time. It's Quiz. still on the YouTube. On... It's on AMC, but it is still on our recorded list on YouTube TV. So if you go to the library and Excellent. go to shows, it's under Q, obviously. Great. <laughs> we'll check it out. Cool. Um, my number eight is John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch on Netflix. Uh, John. John Mulaney was just in the news um, for some some rehab stuff, and I'm super proud of him for. Yeah, totally. He seems like a good guy, and I hope that he kind of gets through that. Um, it's you know really funny, crazy people often have drug problems. Um, it this and show. I, I saw. Yeah. Go ahead. I saw a tweet that said, I, whenever I hear about somebody checking themselves back into treatment or into rehab, I think of it as good news. And I agree. Yeah, you know, he, he's totally. always been quite open about his problems and the fact that he was like, yeah, this is out of control and I need help. Good for him. So do wish him well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, this special just gave me more minute to minute, just like laughing than any, like this was my comedy in a year where it was really hard to laugh. Um, it is just an absurd, perfect hour of satirizing kids TV and satirizing the way that adults talk to kids and the way that kids talk to adults and just sort of everything in between the songs. Again, it's funny. I talked about central park in a year with the musicals. You get to say the same thing about this. The songs are brilliant. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal doing his insane, um, kind of man. That <laughs> yeah. Can't make noise is just, I mean, that's probably my favorite yeah. 10 minutes of anything this year in pop culture. Um, it, yeah. That was really I, good. <laughs> I love this. I, you know, I've seen other John Mulaney things. I've liked them. This is the thing to me that is, that he connected with in a way that connected with me. I just thought it was so kind of thoughtful, but also ridiculous and sincere. And um, I loved it. Uh, what you got next? Next, I have, what are we on, seven? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have watched this one twice. This is also a documentary. And uh, this one pairs real well with if you listen to me and go watch Whip It, which is not this year, so I can't continue to tell everybody that you should really go watch Whip It. Uh, also, Elliot Page, we love you. Um, but watching this one with that is, it's a good combination. And the last time that I did a rewatch of Whip It, I ended up, showing pistol shrimp to the same people that I had shown whip it to. And they are really of the same, they're cut from the same cloth. This is the, it's on Amazon prime. It's a documentary that Aubrey Plaza put together about the women's uh, basketball league in LA and how it's really teaching them all to come together and empower each other. And it's really good. And yeah, it's, I, I've watched it twice. It, it's very touching. It's much more than you think it's just going to be this kind of try hardy, you know, hipster. Look at how silly we are. We wanted to play basketball. And it's just not that at all. And really, really loved it. I really want to see it having talking, you know, about last week. We talked about Aubrey Plaza in the happiest season. Right. And just sort of how she presents herself in a documentary. I'm so fascinated what that even looks like. So I, I definitely She made very that. sure that it wasn't about her. She made right, super right. sure to make sure it was not about her at all, which was awesome. You know, she's barely in it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. <laughs> what was so yours? My number seven is His House on Netflix, uh, the horror movie about um, refugees from South Sudan and uh, that are getting basically resettled in London with Doctor Who's uh, Matt Smith as their sort of council kind of rep, whatever you call that, um, directed by Remy Weeks. Uh, I talked about this a bit on the podcast. It is the best sort of, definitely the best horror movie I saw this year, but also a really 
a great, amazing drama about how it feels to be completely outside and carrying your own baggage in a place that doesn't understand any of your baggage. Um, it is a phenomenal movie. I still I want you to see it, Van. We got to talk about it at some point. Um, it's a it's a great movie. It is spooky. If anybody likes the Babadook, uh, this is right up your lane. Um, it was a terrible year for horror movies. Um, and this was the one movie that really delivered Very for me. True. This house, Netflix. I loved it. What do you have next? Nice. Uh, next, another uh, documentary. This is a, a series. I can't remember if there were six or eight of them, and it's on Showtime. In uh, a year of, you know, finding out injustices and, and trying to figure out how to deal with that in our world, uh, Outcry on Showtime is about someone... It's been out long enough now, spoiler alert, who was falsely convicted of uh, child molestation and and what that had the fight to get them back and what it you know did to his uh, career. And um, it was good. It was heartbreaking. Um, it, <laughs> I wish that we could go into every single wrongful conviction that there is with with as much thought as this one had in and really just start to uncover what is wrong with our system because this happens so much and the you know the consequences are huge uh you know for this kid he ended up you know the innocence project got involved and he ended up getting out and i think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was white and a football player and that's not cool and i mean it's not i'm glad he got out and that that they they you know righted it but it's still heartbreaking and that there could be people that two things can be true <laughs> yep two things can be true and we've just got to do something about this that most of our really good nonfiction is about wrongful convictions how many are there so and we're still killing these people so can we do something about this and yeah that's that's my angry comma name again can you repeat it of outcry be like an outcry witness outcry yeah got it okay excellent i need to check that out it's um, really good my next one is a doc documentary also um it's funny we we synced up with the documentaries right in the middle uh, mine is boys state on netflix uh directed by <laughs> Anna McBain and jesse moss uh it is a show that i show a documentary that i kind of went in i think we both went in like oh what is this everybody's talking about it oh it sounds terrible it is really stuck with me i can't stop thinking about that documentary uh it's about a kind of you know government kind of uh camp what do they call them the, the mock uh, government things that, that some high schools mock do. government yeah mock governments in texas it sort of shows us how terrible and also how wonderful um our actual political process can be uh i i this documentary just floored me it's uh just so moving so telling so understanding of kind of where we are and how we got here and maybe where we could go. I, I love this thing so much. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. That's all I got. I loved it too. It's number three on my list. So. Nice. <laughs> cool. Yeah. It's, it's up to, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't kind of stop thinking about it. And I liked, I mean, we've had such a political year anyway. It was very interesting to see these young people still be so engaged. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and really, that there like, was still one of some of them that had hopes and some of them that were cynical and awful. Yeah. And it just kept unfolding in my brain, which is what good documentaries yep. should do. Like, like, as we talked about on that episode, just even the kids that are sort of monstrous are also layered and sort of nuanced and... Yeah, it's just it's a great documentary. Except for the one who's just going right, to be the, the supervillain. <laughs> exactly. That guy's just going to kill us all. That's, I mean, that guy's just yeah. going to kill us all. I'm, if we blow up in the next 10 years, it's that kid's fault. I can guarantee totally. you. Mark my words. Totally. What do you have next? Okay, so are we at five? Okay. My list is getting smaller, except we still get to talk about my number two when we get there. Uh, number five, yeah. also a documentary. Uh, not 
so uplifting, but also kind of topical because, uh, you know, Ro Cohen, Ray Cohen is in the news a lot because of Trump and all of that. Uh, this was his, the documentary about him called, uh, Coward Bully Victim. And I, Every time he is mentioned, I think of this documentary, and he's mentioned in the news a lot uh, with the, you know, the history with Trump and Trump's father. And I think this type of lawyer and this type of fixer is embedded in the DNA of politicians like Donald Trump and of, you know, gangsters. <laughs> and uh, I right. found this to be fascinating and. I think about it a lot. So I, I recommend it. I, I don't think that it's sympathetic. So if you're worried about liking the man, you're not gonna. So, <laughs> but it gives yeah, you a deeper understanding. Would have been on my list. Yep. Yeah. And also right now, while Trump is handing out pardons, like they were, you know, shady little pellets of candy. Yep. Um, yeah. It's something that's more resonant than ever. I, that's so good. I love that documentary. It's great. I can't. Um, I think it's on Amazon one, Prime, but you can yeah. have to look it up. Okay, nice. I'm on number we're five, right? Number five. Uh, I have. Yeah. I may destroy you. Uh, HBO. Uh, Michaela Cole. We talked. I talked a lot about this kind of as it unfolded, and then we both talked about it at the end. I think the finale, you know, had some problems, but it did, wasn't enough to undercut how just genius and revolutionary and sort of just note to note engaging the series was Michaela Cole is just, I, I just, I want to just see everything she does every minute. I just want like, I, I want a video camera of her life. Like I want her to sort of make a documentary where she's standing nonstop because she's so watchable and so such a conflicted character. I feel like the way that this dealt with sort of guilt and shame and memory around sexual assault was uh, unlike anything I've ever seen kind of in, in fiction dealing with that, um, you know, we've got our quibbles, but they weren't nearly enough to derail how much I, I loved this show. That's it for me. Absolutely fair. The only reason I didn't put it on my list is because I knew you were going to put it on yours. So. <laughs> fair enough. So I made way for something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was actually surprised that Boys... I, I knew Central Park would be on yours somewhere, but I was surprised that Boys State was on there. So that's kind of funny. Nice. Are we at number four? I, I mean, I can't say anything more four. about I May Destroy You. Yeah. You were absolutely right. Like you said everything. I agree. Seek this out. It's great. All right. So I'm on number four, I think. And my number four was also on Showtime. Showtime was good for me this year. And it is Work in Progress with uh, Abby McInnett. Nanny, I never know if I have that right, but I'm going with it. And uh, yes, and Theo Germain, who I just adore and can do no wrong. This was a semi-autobiographical story of Abby's life. They've renewed this for a second season. If they take it away from me, it will kill me because I really loved it and thought that it was beautiful representation of, you know, just. <sighs> of both trans but also queer representation in a whole lot of ways and when your first episode includes your main character telling her brother-in-law if the answer to your question is something that you can google <laughs> and you understand that it's not the queer community's <laughs> responsibility to explain to you something you can google then go ahead and ask me the question and he just walks away it's going on my list <laughs> so good I love that show, and I'm so excited there's another season. Again, yep. another one that could have made my list. I mean, there was so much good stuff this year. Yep. Um, all right, my, my number four is I get it, everybody get your basic uh, berets on. Uh, Taylor Swift, um, Folkmore, yeah, Evermore. Oh, yes, man, just said, oh, God. Um, this is the year that yeah, it was not it embarrassing. I didn't say, oh, God, I said, all. of course. We all came out as Taylor Swift fans this year. Um, she made two albums. In what do you mean all, Kimo Sabi? <laughs> I, I managed to make a couple podcasts. She made two albums that are among her best albums of her entire career. They are 
crazy, folky, beautiful, intimate. She took on storytelling in a way that was sort of going beyond this, like, you know, like, oh, my tabloid kind of relationship stuff, which I think was also always storytelling. But these are opening up stories to um, people like her, you know, her aunt and her, you know, she writes in a boy's voice sometimes. And she's really playing around with sort of formal kind of storytelling and songwriting. Uh, the music is brilliant. This kind of music, it's very stripped down, all made in quarantine with uh, the guys from The National and um, from Bon Iver, that, that guy, whatever, Justin Vernon. It's all very pretty it's beautiful it's sad and melancholy but it's also sort of cheeky um which is such a weird mix i did not ever know she had this in her i've always liked her but i didn't realize she was capable of this uh and it's almost basic to even say that this is the great taylor swift because there's a lot of people who are like she been that good so i feel a little like oh all right i'm being like a, a little roxas saying she made her sad folky um singer songwriter albums that now i'm sort of ranking her higher than this sort of pop stuff that she's done and country stuff um doesn't matter it's great i love it it I just bits and pieces of these albums pop into my head like once a day and it's a different song every day. And also I will say this is the year that she, well, I guess 2018 it started, but she stopped being this sort of like, you know, cipher of, I don't want to offend anybody with my politics. Um, that's all out up front now. Um, I, yeah, these albums are great. They're class. I mean, especially the first one, Folklore is folklore. I called it folklore. Folklore is a classic. And also, E! She got to say the name of Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds' third baby! I, I, I mean, I, I get that she's not terrible. It's fine. I'm glad that people love her and she seems like a perfectly nice person and I don't hate her, but this whole, oh my God, look at all of her beautiful friends and everything she does, I just... Oh. I, I like some of her music. I do enjoy it. I just got really inundated with the E, let's all talk about Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds and how they're all best friends. And yeah. See, and the funny thing is, I didn't know anything about that because I just basically ignored the person and enjoyed the music. Yeah. So that's the Yeah, that was all the stories. The first one, the first album that was all the stories because there's yeah. one that has a clip of their oldest daughter and then she says the third name. So that yeah, was right. all anybody talked about. Now, my number three was Boy State. So I'm just going to skip over it. I could slot in We Are Who We Are there, but because I did enjoy that and almost got it came close to making my list. But I think we can just move to your number three. Sure. Um, my number three is an early one that, my God, I can't believe this was at the beginning of the pandemic, Midnight Gospel on Netflix, uh, the animated show based on a podcast by comedian Duncan Trussell, um, co-kind of, uh, produced, created by Pendleton Ward of Adventure Time. This is an animated show that basically just animates his podcast with a variety of really interesting, really weird personalities including like dr drew and people that i don't necessarily like but talking about really interesting topics and very sort of i don't, I don't want to say apolitical but very open to lots of ideas and the, the premise of this thing is about a, a space traveler kind of podcaster who projects himself into these different worlds and every world he lands on is going through an apocalypse. And while it's going through an apocalypse, he and his guests are sort of hashing through an idea. And just first of all, the idea that sort of working through a debate about something and coming to some kind of truth, whether it's an agreed truth or a personal truth, is its own form of apocalypse fucking kudos that's my snapping right there i mean that is just genius that is the midnight gospel um i this show it's disgusting i am such a agoraphobe i not not agoraphobe agoraphobia is like when you're afraid of outsourced i'm agoraphobe <laughs> wow Proud. this is tricky yes I'm, I'm afraid of gore and this show is very gory but it puts it to a, a very kind of strict uh, purpose and sort of a you know grand guignol like sort of just our our death is our our freedom 
Uh, it's the darkness we deserved is a note that I have here. Um, I love this show so much. It could not have been more perfect for this year. Uh, it didn't get enough attention. Like, I think I was the only person talking about the Midnight Gospel as far as I know. Um, did your uh, did your crew ever watch it? Did your pod ever watch it? Because I, I really do feel like they would have loved it. Yeah. And they liked yeah, it okay. they did. They watched yeah. it, remember? On Mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. We, I guess we talked about it right <laughs> on Mushrooms. Yeah. Um, man, that talk about a show that just stuck with me, and I will probably rewatch the entire thing at some point. That's it for number three. What do you got for number two? Number two is my Central Park. <laughs> so do you want to nice. talk about it now? <laughs> yeah. You tell Central me Park took me... <laughs> Central Park took me by surprise because, as we have talked about, I'm not a big animation person. I'm going to talk over my dog, who also has feelings. Uh, <laughs> but we're all used to that Especially by now. the dog in Central Park. Yes. Uh, but I <laughs> listen to this music all the time. The It's smart. It was funny. It was so sweet. It's easy to go back to. I just, I loved it. And I continue. It continues to be a thing of joy that I really have has really made me happy. So it's on my playlist at work. I'm sure all of my coworkers are sick of it, and I just don't give a shit. Yay! I love it, and it's not a gloat goat kind of thing. I'm just so oh. happy that you like it. Yeah, and so. I've forced many people to watch it, and you know, I there's there's always. A, it has many quotes that you can throw easily and you know, there's nothing like being able to tell your dog that they're a Toscano. And <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the one thing that Apple TV did to, you know, basically prove it's right to exist. So good yep, on you. Very excited for season two. Don't take it away from me. Totally. You can film it. I mean, everybody can record their parts in quarantine. Just don't take it away from me. So that's all I Definitely. need. <laughs> What's your number two, Justin? <laughs> My number two is Betty on HBO. Uh, Krista Moselle's uh, basically show adaptation of her her uh, feature Skate Kitchen from last year, two years ago, about an all-girl skate crew in New York. Uh, I talked a lot about this kind of as it happened on the show. It is a crazy, wonderful, dreamlike uh, sort of exploration of young, queer, diverse group of women just sort of carving out uh identity for themselves um you know one one skateboard jump at a time it is lovely the music is beautiful the performances are insane and so not like i don't know how these kind of you know real kind of amateur actors whatever quote unquote are so good in this and her camera work is just just perfect. I have dreamt about skateboarding, <laughs> which has gotten me through this year a bit. And it's all thanks to this show and sort of its reverence for skating, its freedom. And God, I sound like a California hippie dude, but I love this show so much. It's, it's wonderful. Betty, HBO, and also watch uh, Skate Kitchen, which I think is on Hulu right now. Okay. My number one, I can't believe you haven't figured this out, is Lovecraft Country. And it's podcast, nice. Lovecraft yeah, Country Radio. Also on HBO, such a study of trauma and gener generational trauma. And in a fun package and interesting uh, storytelling that we don't see a lot, I... I thought this was great. I loved it. I there layers upon layers of things to peel back and think about, and also just incredibly entertaining. And Journey Smollett and uh, Jonathan Majors and so many of the supporting cast as well. I just thought this was so great, and I loved it so much. And I can't wait for it to come back. And the podcast is also such a beautiful celebration of. Black female pride. I just, I loved this. I thought it was great. <laughs> Super fun. I'm so on board with that. My Gorophobia is probably the only one that kept it off my list. Um, and, you know, some narrative stuff, but that's just a personal thing. This is such a great kind of entry this year, and I cannot wait to see where they go with it next. So, good, good choice. Um, my number one is something that you already mentioned. Uh, we are who we are. Luca Guadagnino coming in. Oh, really? Hot. A, show, a show that you 
started telling me about first and i was like what i don't know and i was much more on the fence um and i was even on the fence again i'm about so thrilled i thought your number one was going to be something else um what, what did you think my number one was going to be i'm so curious i thought it was going to be infinity train ah infinity train all right I not to take away from Luca, and we are who we are. Infinity Train was very close, and it was a hard debate. But the third season of Infinity Train, which is great and wonderful, um, and I probably should just give it some love right now. So that's what I'm doing. It wasn't as good as the first two seasons, which actually came out pre 2020. But if we had honorable mentions, Infinity Train would be right up there. Um, I man, we are who we are. What a weird. I'm so thrilled. Strange, sweet, sad, dreamy. I mean, if I talked about Betty and its sort of hallucinatory, hallucinatory sort of vision of uh, sort of growing up in this world that we're in right now, like this show took this to the extreme. Um, What I wrote is shape shifting teens lost and found in an increasingly tribalized world, and I just, I it it does so many things so well and so subtly. Um, and so, um, with so much empathy and so much passion and so much confusion, um, I just, I, this show is, I don't, it's a masterpiece. Um, it's almost enough to make me want to watch Suspiria because I'm just now like, what the fuck? Luca Guadagnino is some crazy. No. Um, I know, I know. My no, you don't want to watch um, Suspiria. Yeah. Here's another movie that I should watch. Do you remember when Parker and I saw it? Yeah, yeah, I do. Do you remember when Parker and I saw Suspiria? I know. This is this is very. I was like, no, don't go do that. And then I go see stuff, and you you were right. So, um, but yeah, I just I love the music in the show. Say it again. Parker upstairs said, "Yeah, no." I also just like the performances, uh, Dylan Glazier, uh, is that his name? Did I get it right? Oh, I think I did. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, just all the performances across the board were so good. I love the show so much. I kind of hope they don't make a second season. I know it's supposedly coming, but this is just like a nice, perfect little small moment. Like as we talked about, just something that just yep. was so engaged in small moments, like, uh, in a very realistic way. Yep. Um, was really interested in them. Yeah. What a good show. Um, yeah. So that's Agreed. it. I feel really good about this year. Like, I don't, these are all things that I think would stand actually. <laughs> to anything. And I know I'm a little embarrassed by my Taylor Swift thing, but like, I don't know. Like, it's been a funny year of like sort of finding your comfort in things and also finding things that are yeah. challenging in their smallness. So that would be my theme. <laughs> Dude, um, love what you love. You know, if you love it, that's part of, I mean, that's part of her brand as well is, you know, look, I don't care that I'm basic. I love this stuff. And so I think it's absolutely fair for you to love it and to say, look, I love it and I don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> so I listen to a lot of really a- crappy music and I love it. And I don't care. And we have a very funny 2021 coming up with like all the movies that were supposed to come out this year. We were going to see on AMC, you know, a list in a perfect world. And so it'll be interesting to see how those sort of land with us, you know, God willing in movie theaters next year. Um, I don't know when that will be or what that looks like. Uh, I finally given into the fact that that might not be for a while. Um, But yeah. Anyways, 2020, however you get your pop culture to us, uh, you know, we're, we're thankful for it. It was, kept me going this year. I mean, your friendship too, obviously, but also the stuff that we enjoyed. So, Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of okay. <laughs> All right. Should we just go full into, we started to do their shit that did not make this list, um, but was still just fun stuff. Yeah, sure. Do. And probably won't make next year's list. Right. <laughs> yeah, none of it's making next year's list, I don't think. That's not true. There may be, depending on how it worked, turns out, one of my, I saw what you did there, possibly could make the list. It's a long shot, though. <laughs> do it. Go into it. You go first. 
right. HBO was real big for me. I watched, I finished The Flight Attendant. I'm only mentioning that because Justin's going to make me uh, rate it because I watched the whole thing. And this is a, I'm a basic bitch type thing. Now next season, because there's going to be a next season, I don't know how they will incorporate Michael Huseman. And if they don't incorporate him, I probably will not watch this. But I did watch every minute of this movie, of this show. So I've got, I can't say it's not for me because I kept watching it. So I guess I'll give it a nice because it certainly wasn't necessary. So I will call it a nice. You, well, your mileage may vary. More fun because you really, you hated it at first. So did it get more compelling? Like what? What sold you? No, eventually? I mean yes. The, it stopped being. <laughs> what got me was the character. The one of the characters became more central than that was an interesting actor. And I did like that. And the the, the plot picked up enough that it was like, okay, I got to see where they're going with this. The tone never evened out. Kaylee Cuoco never got good enough to be doing what she was trying to do. Uh, Her, you know, repressed trauma was, I didn't buy it at all. Um, But all the other characters got interesting enough that you cared about that. Uh, Mamet's daughter, Mamet and, uh, What's her bucket's daughter from Friends? I mean, Friends. Girls got really good, and her story picked up more. So the supporting cast really made it worth it. So on Showtime, nice. a show that I will probably not be finishing is Brian Cranston's new thing, the drama called Your Honor, where he plays a uh, judge whose son accidentally, during a asthma attack, hits and kills a mobster's son. And so he won't let the kid turn himself in because the mobster will kill him. Um, This thing has plot holes I could like sprain my ankle in. And it's basically just kid trauma porn. So I can't, I'm, I I can't do any more parental trauma porn. I just can't do any more of it. And you know, the kid, they, they lost a mom the year before and the kid's in danger and the dog is sick. So, you know, the dog's going to get killed. I I can't, I don't care how well acted it is. I just can't do it. So I'm not watching this show again. Your mileage. Terrible title. Yeah. Well, he's a judge. Terrible title. Your honor. He's a judge. They call them your honor. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's I'm doing tough. the like southern sweat tap. Yeah, oh, no. yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's nope. It was not for me. Uh on Amazon uh Prime original series is The Wilds. This is very buzzy right now. Uh plane crashes on a uh, plane crashes on its way to like a girl power retreat and all of your high school archetypes uh, one of each is on the plane and they have to be on a island and try and not die except ooh, somebody knows more than they're telling and the plane didn't crash by accident <laughs> which you find out quickly uh, I told Parker like half an hour into this movie after I take you to work this the show after I take you to work this is my first day of winter break if I'm still watching the show when I pick you up, kill me. And I was still watching the show when he picked me up. I watched it all in one day. It is incredibly watchable. Uh, also has Rachel Griffiths from Six Feet Under in it with a very dubious American accent and too much Botox. I hope it's just Botox because then maybe it will fade. Um, I... I think you might dig this, Justin, on a it's a rainy day and I just want to watch something for a long time type of thing. Um, I, it's re- been renewed for season two, which is great because it ends on a super like cliffhanger. The performances of the girls are good enough that it's I, I the more I think about it, the more I liked it. It's not ending up on anybody's, you know, best of list, but I did like it. Um also showing on Hulu for, you know, if you have a Hulu subscription, they, they also show movies. I forgot about that. I finally watched Bombshell, uh, the Roger Ailes thing. Watch that. It's pretty good. I mean, it has, a, you know, an all-star cast oh, who just, it's, yeah, the, the cast is stunning. I mean, I'm not even, some of them, like, I didn't even know were in it. So if you're going to watch it, just wait 
for them to show up. I'm not going to say anything except that, you know, your buddy's in it. So Allison Janney, she's in it a little bit. Who's my buddy? Oh, uh, Allison Janney. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> going to have to see that. Yeah. That's all you got to say. It's, it's very watchable. I liked it. Um, it'll fall out of my head, but I have uh, nice. re-upped my CBS All Access All Access subscription, and I bet you can all guess why if you listen to this podcast, because I've talked about it a lot. But until I get before I get to that, I'm going to talk about the two other things that I watched. I watched all of the fourth season of The Good Fight, which uh, ended early because of the coronavirus. So there was only, I think, seven episodes, and I watched six of them today, one yesterday. This... You know, this is the spinoff to The Good Wife, so it's CBS All Access when you absolutely positively have to say fuck a lot, uh, which I respect. It's The Good Wife with more swears and less Juliana Margulies in a bad wig. So I enjoy the show. Uh, it has a weird, nice. like, shadowy conspiracy theory, finally, like, Jeffrey Epstein subtitle subplot in, like, the last couple episodes. Mm-hmm which I still need to look up on the internet and kind of don't understand, but it's fun. Christine Baranski's awesome. You know, it's, it's fine. It's a, it's a fine show. What, you know what isn't a fine show and that hoodwinked me into watching four episodes? You know what it was? The Twilight Zone. Stop watching The Twilight Zone. Stop making The Twilight Zone. Stop getting my hopes up about The Twilight Zone. <laughs> uh, it's How season two. How did Peel fuck this up so bad? It doesn't get better, Justin. Ugh. It does not get better. Yeah, and it's like it, it could have figured this out, and I just kind of knew they wouldn't. But I'm glad that you've been the, the guinea pig. The, yeah, whatever. I'm the guinea pig. <laughs> it was not good. My my dog is destroying shit. I'm gonna have to kill her. But uh, I will go into my last thing, which is also CBS All Access. Has taken, I believe, 18 months since I first started talking about this before the first episode of the remade. Uh, Benny series of Stephen King's The Stand finally dropped on the 17th and I watched it and I really liked it and they're doing funny things with the timeline the way they're telling the story and the adaptation is fascinating to watch so far they've only in, uh, introduced like four characters the second one drops on Christmas Eve I like what they're doing here I am cautiously optimistic nice I'm going to yes. have to log into your CBS access. <laughs> it's on Amazon. Um, it's just an Amazon there. channel. Some... Yep. Oh, okay. Nice. Cool. I will check those out. Um, yep. I watched the Mandalorian finale. Um, so first of all, I have to make an apology. I believe that I said that baby Yoda's name is revealed way back. Spoilers. So who cares? Cause we're way past anything here. Uh, was, I think I said Grogo. It's, even worse than Grogo. Are you ready for Baby Yoda's real name? It's Grogu, which is maybe why I hated it so much, because you know what it sounds like? Goo goo, because it's Baby Yoda, and he's going goo goo, or however Yoda say that in reverse. Um, goo goo. Um, Grogu. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have feelings about Baby Yoda's name. It's, it's not good. Uh, the Mandalorian, I feel like I enjoyed watching it more this season. I certainly watched all of it whenever it came on. That's great. I thought some of it was fun. To, uh, Off with your pants was cute, I guess. Um, the, the monsters were cute. Um, what's her name from uh, Battlestar Galactica, who I was excited to see? Katie Sackhoff was terrible. Uh, Rosario Dawson was good. That's because she can't um, act. She can't act. I think you're, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, the finale. I'm going to go into spoilers here. Do you care? Can I give you Mandalorian spoilers finale? Do you know? No, about I already know what happened. And I already so, know what happened. And the, the finale. I love that the all of pop culture has a different feel, take on this than you do. And I love it so much. So they, you know, built up this thing where basically 
Goo Goo, Grogu, uh, reached out across the Jedi stars to find a trainer um, to handle his anger, which already you're like, hmm, yeah, that's a familiar plot. This seems to be every Star Wars anything plot is like master your anger. But okay, there's got to be some Jedi that like we don't know about or we don't care about, like something new. Maybe that'd be great. But at the end of the episode, when they have yet another battle fighting down uh, one corridor shot 20 times fighting stupid robots that are just completely uninteresting with a bunch of sidekicks, including the weird racist Trumpy wrestler lady that nobody cares about. And um, Boba Fett, like fuck off. Like he, he, like Boba Fett apparently has this new series. Like, sorry, you didn't even get the Mandalorian title. Like, fuck you. Like this is not your show. Get out of the show. Uh, Somebody pulls up in an X-Wing and shows up and starts slashing through everybody. And you're like, who could it be? I I was so deluded by my hopefulness that I thought, maybe, maybe this will be some female character that we don't know. I was like, maybe maybe they're moving. Is that maybe a woman? Like, moving under that thing? Um, It is goddamn Luke (laughs) motherfucking Skywalker comes in and pulls off his, and he's digitally recreated in a way that is like creepy uncanny, uncanny valley like just go the fuck away and never come back again if you have the force have the force fix your fucking uncanny face i hate it so much uh it was so terrible and then it panders by having pedro pascal take off his mask finally for the i don't know i guess second time technically to do a really like goo goo touch face um but i don't it's like you don't care because you've been so like angered by the fact that the show is ultimately just like keep the fucking star wars machine going and fuck you star wars machine i i can't quit you star wars machine <laughs> Uh, that's Mandalorian finale. Uh, it is a Nyx for me. This podcast is called The Nyx. That episode is Nyx. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed most of the season. I, I just... <laughs> I just, just, I just love that the whole of the fandom squealed and reaction videos and everybody was thrilled and there were think pieces about how sweet and wonderful and father figures and you're like fuck this they jumped the space shark and i just i, I don't care about any of so this so you all have your reactions but i love that it was so different for my curmudgeon and the rest of the world it made me so happy <laughs> that's like the top I of my 20 I am a Jedi amongst curmudgeons. I will say that. You're a, <laughs> so yes, you are. Yeah. It, so what do I know? You're a curmudgeon Jedi for <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. Better news. Lovers yeah. Rock. Uh, this is part of the Small Axe anthology by Steve McQueen. Not race car Steve McQueen, but uh, Twelve Years of Slave Shame uh, Steve McQueen. This is. A an, an anthology series that's getting a ton of buzz. Again, I wish I had more time to sit with this because it showed up on a lot of people's kind of year-end lists. There are, I don't know how many parts there are to it, but some of them are movies, some of them are not. Uh, Lover's Rock is the one that's gotten a lot of buzz about a kind of house party in the 80s in London amongst kind of Jamaican sort of reggae dub scene. Um, it's very sweet, wonderfully filmed, Um it's just beautiful. The colors are amazing. And just the way he films kind of these people at this party and these very small moments, there's a bit of like a Mike Lee, <laughs> Mike Lee alert, uh, ding, ding, ding drink. Um, it has this sort of funny, just follow these sort of characters who are, you know, sort of turn by turn lovable, but also terrible. Um, some are also just wonderful. It also sort of gets it. Some of the like ingrained sexism and in a lot of reggae culture. It doesn't shy away from that. Um, but it's also about sort of like, I don't know what, one of the things that I loved about it was there's so many endless scenes of people dancing at a house party to sort of real deep cut sort of lovers rock reggae. And it, one of the things that popped in my mind was like, Oh, this is kind of like, you can be part of a community, but you can also dance individually. Like, I think that's like maybe what the thing is about. Um, I mean, that's what I read about it. It's just sort of this, 
great sort of dichotomy of like being part of something, but also resisting something, which, you know, I, I, I like that. Um, how can you mend a broken heart is the HBO documentary about the Bee Gees, uh, a band that I care nothing about, <laughs> like next to nothing about. The only thing I can say about the Bee Gees is that I did a senior spirit week skit where I lip synced uh, "Staying Alive" with a couple other uh, classmates and in full disco suits because we were senior seventies. Yeah, that's something that happened. Um, this documentary is fascinating because wow. it's really about sort of generational shift. It's more than about the band itself because the Bee Gees. I don't know if you know this, but uh, in the sixties they were like this sort of Beatles knockoff kind of poppy Brit band. And then they segued into this sort of spacey, whatever kind of 70 stuff. And then finally they went full disco, which is where they blew up and um, they were just totally malleable and really don't have much of a personality, but the documentary is sort of about how that's a, an interesting sort of generational shift. I found it interesting. And just from a music lover's perspective, it's worth watching. Um, it's How Can You Mend a Broken Heart on HBO. Uh, I'm in a weird new little, not weird, I'm in a new uh, Zoom film chat club with some lovely friends from New York uh, who are doing kind of a monthly thing, uh, sort of focused on women directors. Their first uh, film, our first film was the Writer by Chloe Zhao, which came out, I believe, last year. And I finally watched it. I think we talked about wanting to see it. It was one of the the many uh, sad horse movies that came out last year. Um, there was, like, Lean on Pete, which we talked about. And uh, what was the other one called? Mu- the Mustang? Right? I think it was The Mustang. Yes. And then The Writer yes. is basically... Uh, the other one, which is amazing. It's based on a true story about a rodeo rider. Um, it's all about um, basically this Native American tribe and the fact that they were sort of heavily involved in these rodeos at great risk of themselves. And this guy basically got brain damage from getting kicked by a horse and it's horrifying uh, and he's recovering and it's kind of his true story, but it's, he's playing himself in this somewhat fictionalized version of the story uh, it's great. It's a, it's a hard watch, uh, especially if you don't like kind of animal trauma stuff, but it is, I, I cried a lot. Uh, I texted Fanny while I was crying a lot. Um, it's great. And yeah, there was she, crying. Chloe Zhao is going to direct, uh, the next Marvel movie, which I'm excited about the Eternals. Um, she is such an interesting director. She's getting a lot of attention right now for Nomad Land. Uh, which is topping a lot of people's lists, which as soon as I can afford it, I will certainly watch that on VOD as well. Um, Also on VOD and only 99 cents on Amazon right now is Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy, the story of uh, John, I can never say Falusky of Ren and Stimpy, um, a show that I loved as a weird, you know, 90s kid and had a lot of, um, not a nice kid and a nice college student. I had a lot of affection for, uh, this documentary will make you never want to watch Ren and Stimpy ever again. And that is sad. So if you have fond memories of that, don't do that. This guy was a total creep, uh, basically groomed, uh, young fans slash animators, uh, women, young girls to basically sleep with him. Like, young girls um he's horrible he's abusive to everybody that he works with literally nobody has a single nice thing to say about him um except that they were sort of almost in a cult of this kind of edgy animation uh it's it's i'm gonna you know I'm, i haven't been doing ratings for anything but this is fucking necessary viewing if you're an animation fan because it lays bare oh. kind of yeah, it's rough, but I, I think it's really a, a well-done movie that doesn't let people off the hook. He does not seem repentant about anything that happened. I mean, it's it's kind of shocking. He's he's a awesome. total unqualified monster. Um, yeah, and I don't know that I could ever watch any of Ren and Simbi again, a show that I really thought was great at the time. So that's sad. Um, finally, I have a shout out to my mom. She told me to watch Uncle Frank on Amazon Prime. She was kept raving about it. Uh, I looked it up. I was like, sure, so I'll give cute. it a chance. Um, she wanted to listen to this. So 
I can say exactly what I want to say. Um, Uncle Frank stars Paul Bettany as also a kind of gay uncle. And who? What? So it's you Willis say? too, isn't it? It's Sophia Lillis. Who? Who's she? Oh, yes, from uh, yeah, the thing you just talked about. Yes, totally. from it and yeah, earlier yeah. in this podcast. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is your drinky drinky hand empty, Justin? I did say to Dave, it's the it girl. I didn't know her name. I'm sorry, um, but this thing is sweet. It is. It's uh, what's his name? Alan Ball. It is very predictable. You can tell every beat that's coming. Wow, Fanny accent cop. I summon you to watch <laughs> Uncle Frank and issue some citations. I have Paul watched Bettany. the trailer. Yeah. Southern accent is the worst thing I have ever heard in my life. Um, it, yeah. Also, I gotta say, Alan Ball is really into gay suffering. Like, that's his whole jam. Uh, that's yeah. his whole entire jam. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I hope he gets some therapy because, uh, yeah, nobody should be suffering that much, especially, you know, he's okay now. He's a rich white guy. Like, dude, you're okay. Just keep it together. <laughs> uh, anyways, what, uh, anything else to close? No, no, that's what, well, I did what we saw there. You did what we saw there. Yeah. Nope. Drinking, We're drinking good. Hand. 2020. <laughs> Fuck yeah. off. We might do some disappointments, but also, like, I don't know. We might not because 2020, it's like there were so many disappointments. That whole year was hard. a disappointment. <laughs> but also, we found some good stuff. Uh, you can tell us uh, what you thought of our top 10 list, uh, what we missed, because I know we missed a ton of shit. Um, please let us know on Facebook at the next podcast. Uh, you can email us at motionnix at gmail. Twitter is at the next podcast. I'm at Justin Hartung on Twitter. And I'm at Fanny V. Darling on Twitter. With, with less of a delay than that sounded like. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys probably for one more before the end of the year. Before the end of this crazy, godforsaken fucking year. Which we will all get through. It's been a year. We Bye. Hopefully. <laughs> Bye.